Grace, mercy, and peace to you. It's an honor to be with you today. I already feel incredibly blessed just from singing with you today, so that is a great gift. I'm grateful to Christian for the opportunity to preach here, and I want to tell you that anytime you're in Wichita, you are welcome at Grace Presbyterian Church. We would love to see you and uh, welcome you into our community there. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Listen now for the word of God. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of Gerasenes. And when Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. The man lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart and the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed before him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there on the hillside, a great herd of swine was feeding, and the unclean spirits begged him, send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The swine herds ran off and told it in the city and in the country, Then people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion. And they were afraid. Those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported it. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused and said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Demons. This is quite an introduction you and I have today. I show up on your campus with no real connection to your school or your culture. Unless you've been on Google, you probably don't know anything about me. And Christian gives me a passage about demons. Now, when I saw the video, I wondered maybe if there was some subtle Halloween humor to giving me this text today. I don't know. But, but let's just go ahead and talk a little bit about demons. I'll tell you a little bit about what I know and don't know about them and where I'm coming from so you'll know just how it is that, that my experiences inform the way I see this story. 
Up until about 10 years ago, I had no real vocabulary for how to talk about demons. My experience in the tradition I grew up in and the tradition I now serve in was that no one ever talked about demons, about spiritual warfare. The exceptions to this were missionaries who, while home on furlough, told stories about people they encountered on the mission field and the ways those communities where they served understood demons. But my day-to-day, week-to-week exposure to any way of talking about or thinking about spiritual warfare in church was non-existent. Then I went to seminary, and I did some internships in places that were quite different from the churches I'd grown up in and worked in, quite different from the church I now serve in. One of the places I served as an intern was in the chaplain's office at a women's prison. As I spent time with the women, I heard a lot about spiritual warfare, about the evil forces they felt pushing in on them. I was very aware that the prison was a horribly sad place, that there was a heaviness about it that I began to bear as soon as I went through the gates that would click and lock behind me, but I didn't know about spiritual warfare. I got to know a few of the women, and one day one of them, I'll call her Laura, was telling me a story about the devil, as she said, pushing in on her. And she stopped mid-story, and she looked at me and she said, you don't believe in the devil, do you? I stuttered and said something about the personification of evil being real, and Laura looked at me exasperated and said, it's here in the Bible, why don't you believe it? Her challenge, the conversations I had with others behind those barbed wire fences, and the reality that I felt a horrible weight about myself every time I was there pushed me to consider evil in a new way. For the first time in my life, I began to acknowledge spiritual warfare as real. Since then, I've heard stories from church planters about the way spiritual warfare has occurred to try and thwart their new churches. And looking back at the way I felt beat down and sure I could never be a full-time prison chaplain, I see spiritual warfare. Instead of it being a lack of call on my life, I think it might have been the enemy trying to keep me from shining light in a dark place. All of that to say demons, spiritual warfare, I am still not great talking about it, but I know how to listen. I believe it's present, and I know Jesus is greater than any demon. The other thing that I learned about demons came from a different internship while I was in seminary. I spent a summer working in a church where about 70% of the members live with serious mental illness. It's an amazing church with this huge arts ministry and vibrant worship. More than anything I've ever studied or any place I've ever worked, that congregation, that community, those people taught me the most about how to be a pastor. While I was there, I learned that for some people, sometimes the lines between mental illness and spiritual warfare get blurry. And I also confirmed what I knew, which is that mental illness is like any other kind of bodily illness and should be treated medically. I know that there are some people who interpret mental illness strictly as spiritual warfare, and I do not. I do not think the demon the man in our story had was mental illness. My encouragement to any of you struggling with mental illness, depression, anxiety, anything, is that you seek professional help. By all means, talk to God about it, but also seek medical help. Now that I've said all of that, let's actually get into the scripture. You're spending the fall in Mark's gospel with the theme, who are you? 
The question is pertinent today for Jesus, for the demoniac, and for us. Our passage begins with the words, they came to the other side of the sea. This trip to the other side of the sea wasn't just any trip for Jesus and the disciples. Just before this, Jesus calmed the stormy sea, prompting the disciples to ask, who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? The disciples are still asking Jesus, who are you? Then, before we have a chance to catch our breath, they are on the ground in garrisons. In his typical fashion, Mark is so quick to keep the story going that he doesn't even mention to us that this is Jesus' first trip to a Gentile community. Instead, all we hear is that immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit meets him. This is uncleanness upon uncleanness. Tombs were ritually unclean, and a man with demons would be considered ritually unclean. Someone this ritually unclean could not expect to hear from God, could not expect to approach God, and yet here he is standing before God in the flesh. At this point, the man can't talk, but the demon can. He tells Jesus his name is Legion. In answering Jesus, the demon gives Jesus power over it. Jesus sends a legion out of the man and into a herd of swine, some 2,000 strong, who run down the hill into the ocean and drown. Now, sidebar, did anyone else learn this story as a kid and think, wow, I wish I could have seen that. As a kid, I was not concerned with demons or the people. I just wanted to see demon-possessed pigs, and 2,000 of them at that. Back to the story, though, this casting out of the demons caused a bit of an uproar, starting with the pig farmers, naturally, and spreading into the town. Led by fear, they began to beg Jesus to leave. Fear is a powerful force. It starts wars, it ends relationships, and here it prevents an entire community from seeing a life transformed. Jesus agrees to leave. And the man, formerly the demoniac, wants to go with him. But Jesus tells him to return to his home. A man who could before only howl now yearns to follow Jesus. Now, unless Sterling College is some sort of weirdly perfect bubble, everybody here today is facing some kind of demon. Some of you may be dealing with the kind of spiritual warfare I talked about up front, and others of you are facing the same kind of demons that lots of college students face, lots of adults face, lots of humans face, addiction, be it to drugs, alcohol, porn, gambling, or any other things. Or maybe it's a demon that manifests as laziness, or on the other end, trying too hard to please others. Demons can look like any array of destructive behavior. There are all kinds of things that alienate us from God and others. The good news is that in our story, Jesus shows us that nothing is beyond his reach. No amount of ritual uncleanness, nothing can separate us from him. He bears our demons and he casts them out. But before he can do that, we've got to be able to name them. Now, you'd think this would be easy, but sometimes we get comfortable with our demons Like the people in the town, we don't want to be disturbed. And as burdensome as our demons can be, at least we know what we're dealing with. And we convince ourselves that we can control it. Freedom, freedom from our demons and freedom in Christ, that we aren't sure how to deal with. And so we too often hold on. 
Now, maybe you are really good at hiding your demons from others and even yourself, but deep down, you know the demons you struggle with. You may not be ready to let the words come to the front of your mind, much less say them out loud, even just to yourself, but you know. And you know that you can't really hide anything from Jesus. Try as you might. And you don't have to. The worst you're dealing with can't hurt Jesus. He can only help. This is who he is. In the face of whatever demons we throw at him, he is there to cast them out and bring us to fullness of life. My church has a children's catechism that I think is just as applicable to adults and college students. And the first question and answer are, who are you? I am a child of God. The second question and answer are, what does it mean to be a child of God? That I belong to God who loves me. Say this with me. I know that you may have the answers to the biology test you're about to go take crammed in your head, but make room for these two questions and answers, okay? So the first question, who are you? Your answer is, I am a child of God. Got it? I'm really asking you to say this, okay? Who are you? All right, so your second question and answer, what does it mean to be a child of God? This one's longer. That I belong to God who loves me. That's your answer. You got it? That I belong to God who loves me. What does it mean to be a child of God? If you know these two things, then you know that whatever demons are buried deep in you, you can name them to Jesus. Amen. As you go today to classes and practice and lunch and Bible studies, and I know college students are incredibly busy, but maybe you'll even go to a nap today somehow. I pray that you go in peace, that you go in peace to love and serve your Lord, go in peace to love and serve your neighbors, return no one evil for evil, but only good. And as you go, go confident in the love that we know from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit this day and always. Hallelujah. Amen. Go in peace.